1: President Donald J. Trump. And I'm about to talk to him about allegations that he was involved with prostitutes in Moscow and that the Russians taped it. Before we get to our guest, a quick message from our sponsor. We've talked a lot about Mike Lindell's products at MyPillow.com. The quality is just amazing and everything he makes lasts forever. He's got a new product out right now that the summertime customer will just absolutely love. We've all had the slippers, and the quality on those is amazing. People rave about them. He's got the three layers of comfort where he's morphed that technology into the summertime sandals. They look like Crocs, but they're much more comfortable and long-lasting. Again, the proprietary three-layer technology that will give you extreme comfort in these sandals to wear around uh, for the rest of your summers, actually. So how can you get these? You can go to MyPillow.com and use promo code CDM to get the massive discounts he has on for the launch of this product. But just don't look at the sandals. Mike has over 600 products. If you're looking for household goods or apparel, don't go to the big box communist retailers that support the cabal. Support the Patriots, support CDM.press using promo code CDM, and get the best discounts available at MyPillow.com. And now let's get to our guest. Welcome back to information operation. I'm at an undisclosed location, but uh, our friend Matt Terman, who is traveling the world, is, uh, I believe, in Miami. Is that correct, Matt? I am. I just got back from another four
0: to five week sojourn all over the place, uh, starting in Sweden for the election, which I covered. And you and I did a great great podcast uh, about it Mm -hmm. before the election. That was mm-hmm. i think on a wednesday a thursday a thursday or friday night before that sunday uh where we uh delved deep into it and it played out as expected and nobody else in the west was covering it except CDM press and uh bannon's war room uh nobody else wanted to think yeah that. you nobody thought this was going to happen nobody thought this was a story
1: you're so, you're like a pathfinder man you're, you're out there I, it's not i don't know months. if it's
0: me as much i just am trying to use common sense from what i see but just most of the media is so flat-footed because all they do is react they don't investigate mm-hmm. anything uh, and at the same time 90 percent of the media has a uh, a strong agenda to make sure some of the things that you and I are trying to cover never gets covered or never actually even happens so right. they're trying to circumvent the uh, the reflexivities from occurring the reflexive activities of people who are trying to take back their sovereignties and free up their nations from globalist over uh, overbearingness overlords taking yeah, away the, psychot-
1: the psychopathic overlords or sociopathic overlords who says has uh, that
0: it's Warum. Uh, it's
1: uh, what's his name? The European guy. Oh, well, Ben name. Harwell. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, you I nailed. Think, yeah, and I love him. Yeah. He seems fantastic. I've never met him. But uh, you nailed Sweden uh, and you nailed Italy. So tell us Italy, about yeah. that.
0: Italy was easier. I think everyone saw that coming. Uh, Italy, Italian politics are super fragmented. And we saw what happened in 18 with a a populist left and right coalition come together just because, and we've talked about this. I've talked about this ad ad nauseum. Mm -hmm. What happened after 2008, nine in the U S with the banks led to what happened in Europe with the European banks and the pigs, Portugal, Italy, Ireland, Greece, and Spain that were super over levered and funded by big German banking uh, and they got to a point that the, the the global debt contagion hit them because of their over leverage. And so, what happened in Greece and Italy? Their freely elected sovereigns, uh, Papandreou, uh, Pop, Papandreou uh, was replaced by Papademos, and then in Italy, uh, the sovereign was uh, replaced by a Goldman Sachs banker, Mario Monti. And these were uh, ECB, IMF. World Bank, a group called the Troika, which was trying to stabilize the European economy using monetary policy, came in with no political mandate whatsoever. Nobody elected these fuckers. Uh, they're pure revolving door, Goldman Sachs bureaucrats, big banking, big government, big think tank, revolving door. Uh, those who believe that the technocrats uh, do, should not be, uh, uh, you know, managed by borders. They should, you know, be supranational in their governance, and. There are righties and there are lefties in that cohort, by the way. Yep. Uh, and the, Applebaum, the Gary,
1: the Gary Cone types.
0: Gary Cohn, yeah. uh, who's a Dem, and Applebaum mm-hmm. he used to be an anti-communist righty, but is now kind of a Eurocentric lefty because of her connection to the Polish government and the British, uh, British establishment, and like Adam, the think tank. Uh, and so these people deposed these freely elected sovereigns. Uh, and Greece has not really recovered. Italy has recovered a, a little bit. It's you know an industrialized economy, G seven, uh, and one of the larger, I think, fourth, fourth or fifth largest country and economy in the EU and on the euro in the monetary union. And uh, the people don't forget. Italians, especially, are stubborn and pugnacious. And I made this juxtaposition on some of the media I was doing uh, when comparing this month Italian elections and Swedish elections. You know, Jimmy Akesson, the uh, the head of the Swedish Dems, did great in the debates because in Scandinavia and Northern Europe, cool, cool, calm, composure rules the day. Mm-hmm. And. Italy, if he was that, he'd be considered a yutz and have no uh, no, no pathway. Uh, and it's Italy's the opposite. Georgia Maloney, fiery, passionate, gesticulating in the Italian way, talking with your hands, yelling, and and condemning everything around you. It's the opposite of Scandinavian and Northern yeah, Europe. The, the facial
1: features she has are just fantastic. She's amazing. She's yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. incredibly charismatic, telegenic. Mm-hmm. And it's not just an empty suit. She's backed up by... She's quoting Chesterton. Uh, mm-hmm. She understands the geopolitics of France. She was just indicting uh, Macron over uh, mm-hmm. French duplicity and uh, hypocrisy in their relations with Africa that they loot and exploit mm-hmm. for raw materials and leave Africa totally hollowed out. While they talk about like, you know, high minded, multicultural diversity values in France. Right. But And she made the great point as well that, you know, at Ventimiglia, a town I've been through, when you take the train from uh, from southern France to say Milan or to anywhere in Italy, you have to cross the border before Bordighera in Ventimiglia. And I always, it always stuck with me because growing up, I watched The Sopranos and there's an actor who played uh, Artie Lupo named John Ventimiglia. Obviously his family was from Ventimiglia, so I'll never forget this town because I passed through it when I was in college the first time I was in France and Italy. And I uh, saw it and I was like, oh, that looks familiar. Uh, But she mentioned Ventimiglia as, you know, the French, when the Italian, when the migrants come through Italy and then they're trying to get to France, they come into Ventimiglia, uh, through Ventimiglia into France, and then they get turned away by the border guard wall. France is talking open borders and social welfare for the third world. Uh, You know, it's good for the other European countries. Countries, but when push comes to shove, they're uh, you know not taking their own medicine; they're prescribing for everybody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she she's great. The, the the key hinge point was you know after 2018 when you had this lefty and righty populist establishment with Lega led under Salvini and uh, and Five Star Movement, Beppe Grillo's party. And I I grew up uh, you know in politics watching two figures in the uh, the the late aughts, 2008, 9, 10, 11, mm-hmm. 12, before I blew out of Wall Street and started to focus on politics, policy, and activism, journalism full-time, uh, was uh, Nigel Farage from the uh, European Union floor and Beppe Grillo, who was going around Italy selling out stadiums, selling this leftist populist anti-establishment message. And it wasn't super far left. It was really just populist anti-establishment. Mm-hmm. Yes, socialist to a, to a pretty large degree, like as you know from spending time in Europe, uh, you know mm-hmm. you have a unique uh, dichotomy of economic policy views. You've got leftist socialists, you've got rightist socialists, but they're mm-hmm. all socialists. Mm-hmm. You know, Polish conservatives, you know, my, my, my other home country, Poland, where I live, and I'm a citizen and my family hails from. Uh, you know, the conservatives are socialists. Yeah. Kaczynski quotes Piketty all the time.
1: They um, like their free stuff.
0: Yeah, it's, there's a small segments of what they call conservative liberal, which would be like the classical liberal free market, free enterprise. Libertarians would fall under that view. But most of the political establishments in Europe, left and right, are socialist in nature. Uh, much, much bigger governments, much larger social welfare systems and uh, public accommodations paid for by, you know, mass taxation. Higher taxes pay for, you know, public works, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but in 18, you had this uh, this this uh, lefty and righty anti-establishment populist uh, coalition take shape. And then Five Star quickly turned on the righties and Salvini and invited the lefty establishment back in, Collapse the government and invited the, uh, you know, the Monty types uh, and the guys who were just the incumbents. And they uh, they ended up getting, you know, their ass handed to them as well. So when you, you know, I've always
1: wondered why, Sol- why Salvini just didn't have staying power.
0: Well, he got he got blown out. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, uh, they that establishment uh, anti-establishment coalition collapsed. And because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Beppe Grillo's party five star said, we're not going to work with you guys on a lot of these issues. And then they brought in the left to form a new coalition. And it works where the president gets to accept the coalition government. So if it's fractured, he can call a snap election or give, uh, you know, the, uh, the parties opportunities to form a new majority co- coalition. And that's what happened. And mm-hmm. so but they ended up uh, as a sort mm-hmm. of a consolation gift. Because Salvini had, had anointed himself interior minister, which is something I tell the Swedes. That, you know what you guys need is the foreign, foreign ministry and the interior ministry let the moderates take everything else mm-hmm. because your whole issue is migration and borders and so the foreign ministry will you know cut the deals with the other countries to deport the uh deport mm-hmm. the uh miscreants back to where from whence they came uh and the interior ministry bar, uh, is the border guard is the in Polo, we call this the i was going mm-hmm. guys who uh, actually maintain the customs and the uh the, the transit points that you know protect a sovereign border and so uh, Salvini, you know, wisely gave himself that ministry, and he was very aggressive when he was in it. He uh, uh, he really closed the borders, and you know, sent the ships. Remember the migrant ships, the cons- yeah, I do flotillas. Funded by Soros and uh, Amnesty International and the other lefty groups. And, uh, you know, really, uh, when I hate this idea of great replacement, it just sounds kind of uh, overly conspiratorial, World Trade Center Tower 7 kind of shit. Uh, But when you see, you know, lefty globalist think tank funded flotillas, it does give it credence and it gives the right space. Uh, a lot of material to maneuver from in terms of conspiracy uh, that are based in reality. And so he blocked those flotillas. The EU want to hold them up on human rights violations and mass murder because the boats couldn't go back to from whence they came, Algeria, wherever else. Uh, but he said, we have a country to protect. But he eventually got purged out, and he's become a cartoon character, even though he's the nominal leader of Lega. It used to be Lega Nord. It's an old party. Uh, and he, they even call it Lega Salvini, Cult of Personality. Uh, and they do have some really good people in LEGA. Giancarlo Giorgetti, Armando Siri, uh, Giorgetti's uh, economics and development minister, uh, Siri's uh, economist who uh, has been helpful in giving them a cogent po- policy platform. Uh, but it's sort of because Salvini was such a cult of personality and such kind of a cartoon character, he was busy getting drunk on the beaches taking selfies right. with 15 year old chicks. Uh, it, like, just not a serious person, not, a, not the guy who should be ushering in. Italy into sort of the next phase as the right can become a Senate and create a majority government.
1: Kind of like uh, kind of like the Berlusconi's boom boom room, right?
0: Yeah, well, Berlusconi, Bartle- <laughs> the boom boom room and all of his sexual proclivities and being, a you know, almost an Epstein level scumbag. And he is. And I'm not thrilled that the right had to coalition with him. It was only seven or eight points, but it matters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was a center right guy. But as much as he's a despicable human being. He's a serious person when it comes to his body of work. The guy's one of the biggest businessmen and industrialists in modern Italian history. Uh, Media and telco, uh, I think he had a stake in Pirelli, uh, so heavy industry, Mm -hmm. like real businesses that create real jobs. Richest Mm -hmm. guy in Italy or top five in it. Uh, Finance, media, telco, industry. You know, he's not Salvini, just kind of a political uh, organ um, or organism. Yeah. So you know, even though he's a uh, 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 Italian behaving badly, he does bring some seriousness and intellectual heft, which is why he was a multi-term prime minister, uh, despite all the scandals. I mean, he was somebody Italians did trust at least on the economy, which is still, you know, I always say it's the economy, stupid. Most yeah. Issue hits the most people. Uh, but Maloney, you know, with Fratelli has been around for a while and she just continued to rise based on the quality of her rhetoric, her idea of philosophy. And so the key was, can you get Fratelli to, to, you know, make themselves subservient to a bigger mandate via, uh, I'm sorry, get Lega to make themselves subservient to a bigger mandate via Fratelli. And they did, they were, they saw that, you know, under Salvini, they were flagging, uh, and their, 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 their strength was in the North. Uh, which is where they hailed from—the northern league, Turin, Milan, the industrial centers—versus right. uh, the south. Say, so, you know, where all made,
1: the money is made.
0: Well, the, the money's made in the north, and the mm-hmm. south is, you know, like Spain and Portugal. That was the yeah. biggest part of the economy. Good weather, right. lots of olive oil, uh, lots of good wine, uh, and then so you've got these, you know, Sicily, Sicily Calabria, Naples. Uh, and Fratelli had more of a stranglehold on more geography of the country. It made more sense. And so they all sort of coalesced around her. Mm -hmm. And given what happened under COVID, given what's happened economically, given what's happened under migrants, which to Salvini's credit, he made the big issue. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then, of course, you have Russia, Ukraine, which most of Europe, uh, really even the righties, the lefties, everyone kind of agrees that Russia's on their border, on the European Union's border, on the European Mm -hmm. Monetary Union's uh, economic sphere. That's where they worry. And so, you know, in Sweden, there's eight parties that make parliament, four right, four left. Seven out of eight support Ukraine. So, and think about the geography. They're right next door to Finland, where the term Finlandization comes from. It's not uh, unrational, irrational for Finland to say, okay, it's time for us to join NATO. When Russia's bellicosely, you know, it's created Belarus. It's invaded the Baltics on, you know, uh, surreptitious levels. Uh, it's now invaded Ukraine. Uh, you've got Kaliningrad. So they're a little sandwiched in between some uh, hostile actors uh and you know when they say we're going to join nato or potentially join nato think about joining nato right as russia do they they line up their tanks on the finnish russian border and then finland says okay we're going to join real fast now so that kind of bullying does not work in the 21st century thankfully when there are options to uh coalition together for collective security and defense sweden is right next to finland so if they lose their buffer now they're at the, at risk so yeah. this is the first time they're eschewing neutrality and deciding that they want to be part of nato which is very reasonable very rational seven out of eight swedish parties that make parliament feel this way. The only party, it's a fringe party, it barely gets in, is the hard left, which is essentially the communist party. And not only do they, uh, you know, are not uh, against uh, against Russia, but they uh, they joke that they want Russia to take over Sweden. Mm-hmm. So they're not serious. I mean, they're they're, they're Bolsheviks. Uh, they're, you know, like the student, you know, Marxists like Mogherini was in Italy, you mm-hmm. know, 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, you've got a sort of uh, a pretty consistent, uh, bulwark on uh, policy philosophy that uh, Ukraine needs to be contained. Obviously, everybody wants to see a uh, a resolution, uh, whether it's you know Russia uh, getting its ass kicked or Russia carving off uh, and maintaining its gains in Crimea and Donbas. Which, personally, I think is what's going to happen. Do I want it to it happen? Means,
1: that's that's where it needs to come down. In my opinion, it needs to come down. Yeah. It's basically
0: area that they've held control of firmly since 2014. Right. So it's not like it's a. Uh, uh, a cataclysmic new status quo being shaped. This is the status quo of now what's approaching a decade.
1: And that would give Russia let Putin save some face. And save face. Yeah. I
0: still hope he takes so. a, you know, he does Bolshevik suicide style or Trotsky suicide style. Two two bullet wounds to the back of the head self, self-inflicted. Uh, because he's Quite an evil scumbag, and obviously, as he gets older, his imperial hegemonic ambitions get uh, stretched out uh, further. Uh, but you know, even Mogherini has you know fought against Salvini side and uh, Berlusconi's side. Berlusconi was a Putin crony. There's no doubt that he had business interests uh, tied along Russia, uh, mm-hmm. Russian interests over you know the last thirty years. Uh, so he's not an honest player. Uh, but most of the Italians. They care first about Italy and borders and migration and stabilizing their economy, but they do have an interest in not seeing it's not like Hungary where they have sectarian, uh, multi generational, multi century battles with Ukrainians over, you know, slight border issues. Uh, The Italians are much more with the European mainstream on this. And that helped Maloney. It helped Maloney that she wasn't going to, you know, go old Le Pen or modern Zamor and say, no, 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 Russia's in the right or, you know, let's, you know, let them carve up. Well, my problem
1: is that. Why aren't the Russians, or not the the Europeans that are concerned, why aren't they doing more? Why are they relying on black water to fight their war form? And
0: and that's my point. Look, you know Ukraine the way I know Ukraine. Mm -hmm. There are 48 million, the peak high water mark of Ukraine is 53 million in 1992, Mm -hmm. uh, because there are other uh, Russia CIS members who migrated from Ukraine. From outside Ukraine into Ukraine because it was closer to the West. Mm -hmm. Uh, That continued to trickle down. The number, say, 10 years ago was 48 million. Uh, After Donbass uh, resettlement, destabilization, a lot of these uh, Ukrainians went to Poland, went to to Western Europe, drive cabs, work in restaurants. then it went down to 44 million. And then after this uh, latest incursion, it's between, we don't know the exact number, but between 38 and 40 million is mm-hmm. our sort of best guess mm-hmm. estimate. Uh, but still a big country uh, and one that has a right to self-determine and one that has a nationalistic, patriotic fervor among its people, which I appreciate, despite the sordid history of some of these you know, Slavic nationalist movements on Polish and families from Poland. And mm-hmm. we know about Volin. We know about when Lvov was Polish and after mm-hmm. Austro-Hungarian. Uh, but... The uh, uh, the Ukrainians in Central Europe and Eastern and Western Europe all just went straight back into Ukraine. I was there in Poland at mm-hmm. the border reporting on it, watching it happen. Watch the price of an Uber go from one euro to get anywhere around the city to 10 euros overnight because there were no Ukrainians named Oleg or mm-hmm. uh, Dmitry, yeah. uh, you know, hanging around Warsaw driving Ubers. They went back to fight. So I don't think they need troops. I don't even think they need contractors. The contractors going in for the most part are people that you and I know who just want to fight. Who who really have an antipathy toward Russia? Well,
1: that's true. And there, but but you know, we and I don't want to get off in Ukraine, but we, we are funding this war, obviously. It's I don't us. like forty no billion idea.
0: checks, and now it's up to sixty billion with another seven billion. I do not like that. I like giving just straight. Well, my point.
1: Why isn't Germany and Italy doing more, for instance?
0: Uh, well, they are, they are doing some funding. Uh, Germany has been, from the beginning, they waffled and all they, they, they didn't want to yo, shake the boat, rock the boat, because they thought they could still have their cake and eat it too. And, you know, control politically, but still take mm-hmm. the energy that has been, they've been dissuaded of that. Now they have to rebuild nuclear, which is what they should have been doing. Uh, I think that everybody in Europe, by and large, is throwing in with the exception of Hungary. Uh, and mm. some of the Balkans that just can't afford it and just don't yeah. want to be in the middle of it because they have a similar Hungarian problem, which is too much Russian ownership of their uh, their industries and their their, yeah. their based businesses, their banking, their their consumer businesses. Uh, there's a lot of legacy post-Soviet stuff going on in the Balkans, as you sure. know very well as I know very well from spending time there and dealing mm-hmm. with the people and the governments and the you know, the weapons depots. And
1: so, what stuff. what is is the uh, the tactic of the left to smear her as a fascist? Is that going to work?
0: No. You know what? This is it goes back to what Bannon said, and they love throwing it at him uh, when he was in France uh, with Le Pen. And he said, let them call you racist. Let them call you fascist. Let them call you Nazis. And of course, the left will then cut that out of context and say, see, he's proudly owning the monikers of which he ascribes. No, he's mocking them because this yeah. is all they have. When yeah. this is all they can do is, is, you know, lay into you and say you're this, that. I'm Jewish. Washington Post wrote that I'm a neo-Nazi or that I'm a I was normalizing uh, Trumpian Bannonite and anti-Semitic bigotry, you know. I mean, this is, you know, so ludicrous. Uh, my father's entire family was uh, annihilated in the Holocaust, except him, his mother, and his uncle. I mean, it's like I'm on the board of Polish Jewish uh, reconciliation organizations, and I'm pretty mm-hmm. cognizant of, of the cultural uh, histories and ramifications of what transpired. And, you know, this is all they got. I get it all the time. I get it on Twitter from these lefty mm-hmm. Bush brain freaks that mm-hmm. I'm a neo-Nazi because I, write about, I wrote about Soros, whether it's funding uh, funding. Uh, well,
1: actually, it was a Nazi.
0: Yeah, he was, wasn't, wasn't Nazi. He was complicit with the Nazis' revival right. mechanism, but he talked about how proud he was to do it. Whether he has it
1: was, no remorse, no remorse. Yeah.
0: yeah, I mean, he said that in sixty minutes. Yeah, uh, so you can't even use these own people's words against them uh, because the double standard's so rife. Right. Uh, but the the you know the, the the even the Ukrainian neo-Nazi element, I believe, is de minimis versus the Russian neo-Nazi element, which is you know provincially you know ubiquitous. Uh, Putin did motorcycle rides with these people for 20 years, uh, and this is like full on. Uh, but the you know when they when they're calling us this, when they're calling her fascist Mussolini, she's quoting freaking Chesterton, you know, great classical yeah. liberal theologian. Uh, she's talking about family. You know, it's funny because I just did this on Polish television the other day. Uh, God, you know, she says God, family, fatherland. Poland's like one of Poland's unofficial sort of fighting mantras, they have a few great ones, but is Bog or Ochisna, which means God, Honor, Fatherland. Uh, hmm. So, you know, conservatives believe in God, mm-hmm. uh, family and honor yes. and the Fatherland and their, yeah. their societies, their cultures, their traditions. They're rallying around their flag, that patriotism that I do call nationalism without the uh, dirty smear uh, that the left... Nationalism is
1: not a bad word. No,
0: it's a great word. I mean, yeah. uh, as much as I, I, I think... Yoram Hazoni's kind of a, a, a yutz, uh, his book, The Virtue of uh, Nationalism, is excellent. Uh, and he makes the same points I made in, in that long form article I wrote, the, uh, you know, Go Westward, Young Man, about the uh, the glories and innovations in geopolitics of Westphalian sovereignty in 1648. That led to, you know, the Congress of Vienna in 1815 and the sovereign errand of grievances diplomatically. Don't just go to war every 20 minutes. Edward mm-hmm. Livingbeck writes about this stuff as well. Uh, so, you know, being nationalist is fine. You just don't want to be a bellicose uh you know invading hegemonic imperial nationalists you know imperial right. nationalism is different than patriotic nationalism Very and true. hitler was an imperial nationalist uh and, and a also, socialist and a socialist and a eugenicist mm-hmm. and a racially uh, motivated uh you know demographic nationalist so mm-hmm. i mean with his Lebensraum. Uh, so, you know, the, 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 dirty words they try and apply are bullshit. Uh, populist, you know, would you rather take the will of the people or the will of the Harvard faculty lounge? If you choose the former, you're a populist. If you uh, choose the latter, you're an establishmentarian, uh, and probably a globalist, uh, technocrat who believes in supranational governance, who believes that, uh, electoral plebiscite should be nullified in favor of, uh, you know, what they did with Lisbon, hold a referendum over and over, or what they did with Mario, uh, Monti and, uh, Papadimos, uh, uh, replacing Papadreo and, and and the Italian sovereign. Uh, so we will leave in the will of the people. Uh, and I think she's going to be great. I think there's a lot of angst and anger in Italy. Part of it's economic. I've been saying for years since Brexit, the next shoe to drop would be quiddly, would be an Italian exit. And it's not like an economic rationale. Buffered and made Do you more- You
1: think they will leave the EU?
0: Not yet. I think that if there is a departure from the EU in the next 10 to 20 years, it will be Italy. I don't think that's happening anytime soon. They are on the euro. It was a lot easier for Britain. Uh, it, it was a lot easier for Britain on the uh, on the, on the pound, pound sterling, uh, just like it would be easier for Poland or Hungary on the, uh, the the Zloty or the Forint on an economic basis. The issue is that the Central European post-Soviet nations do rely on EU infrastructure funds. It ranges from five to 10 percent of their GDP. And mm. so it does not suit them to do so. Uh, And, you know, for post-communist nations, they do want the Western uh, uh, ability to move goods, uh, services, capital and people across the borders. It's a way of them breaking free of their legacy of Soviet uh, imperialists, uh, uh, you know, being under the jackboot. uh, I I had a
1: conversation with a Russian the other day and they told me that they see the EU as more as a vehicle of peace and they don't understand the fascist elements from Brussels well it's funny i made this point on bannon that you know they're saying she's
0: a fascist and if you look at the roots of fascism it means it's you, the old symbol was a like a string wrapped around a right. pile mm-hmm. of wheat the fasci- fascist yeah fascisti. and the mm-hmm. fasci was the bundling of this wheat and it was the symbolism was uh, you know, not individualism, but we will all bundle together under an autocratic top down leadership. And that was mm-hmm. Mussolini. That was what he's pushing. And the Italians coming out of, uh, you know, the late 19th century and the unification of the city states and the stresses that that created under Vittorio Emanuel, which was a great thing, just like the German uh, states, uh, Holy Roman Emperor states coming together, you know, the city states and the kingdoms, the Saxony and, and the, uh, the, 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 the different duchies. Uh, you know, this was the, the roots mm. of this fascism in the 20s. Well, it's at a hundred year mark is this idea of you know top-down autocracy everyone bundled mm-hmm. together and this is exactly what the EU is pushing yeah. and this is exactly antithetical what Maloney and Fratelli are pushing with even Brotherhood family the unit is the individual and the family and right. from that we building or they're building blocks upward much like American federalism and states rights uh, the uh, the laboratories of innovation that we are a federal Confederation uh, you know, started with the Articles of Confederacy and then and really solidified and codified the Constitution, uh, that we have 50 sovereign commonwealths uh, that come together in a confederation. That was what the EU pitched, was an economic trade union that allowed that sort of rational confederation of harmonized policymaking around one thing, economics, trade. Uh, but what was sold was a bait and switch. And it was always, you know, Jean Monnet and the, the French academics and the German economists, uh, economic interests, who... Had their industrial economy rebuilt by the American and other European taxpayers in the Marshall Plan, uh, they uh, are the ones that are now pushing this bundling, top-down autocracy, and destroy the individualism, starting with the sovereign, then moving down to the communal level, and then moving down to the family with what they're just doing. look at the vaccine passports. I mean, vaccine like passports, Passports, yeah. uh, mass LGBT, you know, mm-hmm. trans uh, trans initiatives. Migration migration, you know, Mm -hmm. import, you know, hostile third world migrants for, uh, for, for low wage jobs, but then, you know, change the complexion, both literally and figuratively of the demography of, of, of generally homogenous nations. I mean, Mm -hmm. you can't, you know, whether you believe in multiculturalism and diversity and, you know, diversity is great. The American melting pot is one of the great innovations in, in geopolitical human condition, but, when you've got these cultures who have their own language, their own agrarian or industrialized societies and economic drivers, uh, and uh, they're roughly, majorly homogenous, and you know, you look at Poland with the Muslim Tartars in the south, mm-hmm. they assimilated. So even though they may not be ethnically homogenous, they are culturally homogenous. Mm-hmm. And you know, the EU is trying. They believe in their utopianistic uh, socialism. We get rid of all culture we get rid of all borders we get rid of all sovereignties it'll be kumbaya one team one dream what i see is hg wells's time machine is creating an Eloy, and they are the morlocks
1: yeah it's it's the old it's the complete oligarchy in this it's steve's you know bannon's right it's the russian surf model completely
0: yeah it's a russian surf model totally yeah uh so I think Italy's going to be quite successful. Mm-hmm. Uh, let them call her fascist. Let them call her Il Duque. Uh, round two, she doesn't mm-hmm. care. She's got the mandate. The people don't care. They are looking to reassert their sovereignty, uh, their ability to uh, to transact their lives the way they see fit. And the reason I think Quiddity might start to pick up steam, especially if the EU starts to go to war with Italy the same way they went with Hungary and Poland and you know, Article Five, Article Seven, whatever the articles are, uh, you know, trying to strip them of voting rights, strip them of infrastructure funds, uh, levy penalties on them uh, the italian working class remembers the conversion in 1999 new year's eve 1999 new year's day 2000 uh, the exchange rate mechanism when everyone swapped their their deutsch marks and their austrian marks and their uh their uh, their italian lira and their spanish right. pesos and their uh, you know, all these, the, the French francs and the Belgian francs, and uh, Switzerland, of course, did not. They're quite intelligent when it comes to finance for a thousand years of banking. Uh, when they swapped that all in, overnight, the cost of milk and bread and eggs and a cab ride went up in real purchasing parity terms much higher than anywhere else because the lira was the weakest currency. It was the most over levered debt to GDP uh, sovereign balance sheet. And so they remember the pain, the years of pain uh, Mm -hmm. as they had to transition to this new economic regime. And so I think that they're still butthurt about it. And I think you throw in the migrants in the border situation and they're a Catholic nation, by and large, the LGBT, you know, forced, uh, you know, open your minds to something that is. Sort of antithetical to common sense. Yeah, man. Control.
1: Goes from "let us marry" to "we want to mutilate your children." Yeah,
0: exactly, <laughs> exactly. exactly. Like, if and we're you, not going to tell you about it. If any, you know, provincial governor in Umbria or Tuscany yeah. or uh, Calabria, you know, pushes back on, uh, you know, federalized education coming out of the EU that's trying to push on Italy to say we're now teaching, you know, twelve-year-olds that by the time they're fourteen they should be cutting off their phalluses. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Italians are not going to take this lying down. Um, not like, you know, the Belgians or the Dutch or, you know, some of the uh, the more pliant uh, European cultures or so the Scandinavians. And then we saw them push back, actually, even because yeah. they went too far as all their donors were being raped uh, with 20 percent replacement of the population from hostile third world migrants who refused to assimilate and create no go zone ghettos. Yeah. Uh, are inherently that's a real
1: issue. By that's a real
0: issue. That's why Swedish Dems uh, are now the king making party, the second largest party in parliament, the second largest vote getter, the largest on the right. They will determine the uh, the, the protocols and policy platforms of this new right wing coalition. So, I mean, it's super interesting. Uh, and, you know, that's Italy. I Let's think move we, to Brazil. Uh, you think we do Brazil now, or you think we. Uh, we
1: can do it another time if you want. I th-
0: I think we do Brazil uh, maybe later tomorrow, just to it time because Brazil Deal. itself is a half hour conversation just like this. Deal. So we covered sort of, you know, Europe, yeah, uh, Italy, like the vein of modern Europe through this election in Italy. And I think that's, uh, you know, some decent content. We're up against. R- Real
1: quick, wh- France, where do you think uh, it stands? Just 30 seconds. Uh, but. you
0: know, France is continuing the right to continue to strengthen. I, mm-hmm. I was trying to work on some more of it. You know, I mm-hmm. really liked him. I was mm-hmm. a little bit, Le Pen had multiple chances, mm-hmm. uh, but each cycle Le Pen got stronger from, you know, 30, 33, what was it? 30% in the first round to 35% in the second round last time, mm-hmm. and then this time even higher, uh, blew out the right, and then uh, made it much tighter against Macron. You know, lefty France, the academic laboratory of uh, Eurocentrism with Jean Monet and this whole crew,
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: they, uh, you know, France is also getting mugged by reality. The problem is the urbane, elite, ivory tower cloistered uh, upper middle class of France. Are still, it's like our Philadelphia suburban housewives who yeah. you know would rather vote uh, uh, Biden than, uh, than than Trump just uh, just because, but, just because I'm told
1: just because I'm told to. <laughs> they're
0: told to their perceptions. Yeah. Uh, they're kind of sheepish. Uh, I think France is going to you know continue to move towards Sweden. Sweden was only ten million people; it's smaller, yeah. so it's easier. easier to do. France is well, I think the second largest nation yeah. in the EU after Germany, or uh, second, third, no third after Italy Italy was it uh, Germany's 85 millions Italy's like 60 million France like 50 million uh million. so you know it's it's a massive massive uh electorate that still needs to be swung over but it keeps incrementally moving closer and closer and the
1: Parliament's pretty much been lost for their left right
0: yeah so, uh, look in, in the French Parliament it doesn't actually matter I mean the mm-hmm. French Parliament is so weak they've got this National Assembly and the Senate it really is a very, uh, you know, French presidential, heavily, heavily weighted executive political system. Interesting. Some systems are, you know, more checked and balanced and divided powers. And the, the, the president gets, you know, his 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 marching orders or mandates like a prime minister mm-hmm. in a parliamentary system from these assemblies, these parliaments. In France, uh, it's hmm. very, very unilaterally top-heavy. That's my perception of it, at least. Yes, uh, Macron's party and Marsh has uh, a good seating, but then you know there's a lot of there's a lot of fragmentation. It's just a lot of noise. It's French yeah. fighting with another, and the president kind of decides.
1: Uh, but you. it is yeah. incrementally
0: it is going further and further to the right, center-right, which is good. So
1: I'll take you up on that. Tomorrow we'll do Brazil or whenever you can. Thank so you. Good you. Appreciate it. Cheers. Later, Brian.